Hi everybody and a very pleasant good morning to you wherever you may be. I'm Mr. Daniel and this is Jen and this is the Park Middle School Sunday School Podcast. Welcome. Hey guys, we definitely have been thinking about you guys this week and praying for you and we're looking forward to hanging out on Monday night with our Zoom call. I was making my coffee today and it made me think about the kids. One, um, you guys really aren't kids anymore. Kind no, of, these are young men and women yes, that we're talking about, Miss Jen. Absolutely. I know. It's because I've been around my children too much, but uh. um, too good. I was thinking about my coffee and one, how I miss sitting in Sunday morning Sunday school and drinking my cup of coffee and talking to the kids. And so to kind of keep that same flavor, I've got my cup of coffee in my hands, I'm ready to sit down and talk, but I was also thinking, I can't wait for a few more years as our group grows up and continues to get older and being able to sit with them and have coffee with them and talk to them and hang out with them outside of the church setting. And so, yep. I don't know, some sweet thoughts this morning. So, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I miss the crazy antics of yes. uh, the gentlemen. Uh, whatever game might be played as I walk in and whatever object is being flown across the room. Uh, That's great. I can't wait to to be in the midst of that. I, I, I really do. I miss you guys. We love you very much. And we've been enjoying this. So like, yeah. I think we've hit somewhat of a stride or a rhythm, hopefully, with the way that the podcasts are coming out. It looks like what's working for Miss Jen and I are to do it sometime Saturday so that it's uploaded uh, by Sunday morning. You should be able to access it before or during Sunday school, but you have all day Sunday to listen to it and then all day Monday. And then um, we discuss on Monday night with with our questions and with some with the time of prayer and with the game. Hopefully the game, I think the game's been going pretty good, Miss Yeah, Jen. I think we've been and getting a good, good interaction with that. It's a good laugh. Some great laughs. And I think we'll continue to try to be creative with that and we'll see what works but uh yeah so we miss you guys as we've continually said but i'm so thankful that we can bring this podcast to you and just continue to go through the lessons and continue to hang out virtually through the zoom meetings but today guys we're going to continue in our study of the new testament and so if you have your bibles which i hope you do because you're home and there's no reason and excuse for you not to have them uh go ahead and get your bible out and we're going to be in the book of Luke today. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5, specifically two sections. Uh, this first section is going to be Luke 5, verses 3 through 11, which is going to talk about the Lord calling Peter as his disciple. And the second section that we're going to talk about is Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 32, and that's going to be specifically where the Lord calls Levi, or as we know him by another name, Matthew, the tax collector. But before we get in, I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer, and then we're going to jump into our lesson for today. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you, Lord, that even though we're separated physically, we're together in spirit, that we can come together and through this podcast, listen and look into your word. Thank you so much for the Bible. Thank you so much for giving us your word that we can know you by. And Lord, Miss Jen and I just continue to pray for our students that you would keep them healthy, keep them well, Lord, and we just continue to pray as we often do for them for schoolwork, as they finish up schoolwork for the semester, 
And Lord, we just pray that you would give each one of them rest. And Lord, as we come to your word now, we pray that Holy Spirit, you would be our teacher and that you would show us what you want us to know in Luke chapter 5 today. So we commit this time to you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so guys, the first section, like we mentioned, is going to be Luke chapter 5, which is the section on the first disciples, beginning in verse 3. And what we're going to do is, Miss Jen's going to read the section, and then we're going to go through it, and then I'm going to read the next section, and then we're going to go through it. But Miss Jen's going to begin for us in verse 3 and read this portion. All right. Um, he got into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Then he sat down and was teaching the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let your nets for a catch. Master, Simon replied, we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they did this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets began to tear. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's son, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Excellent. Thank you, Miss Jen. And so what's cool, guys, is that this is when Jesus is calling his first disciples, which brings us immediately to an important point that we have Jesus, who we've said and seen as clearly God in the flesh. We saw him um, as being a representative, and for us, he got baptized by John the Baptist. He was led up into the wilderness and was tempted, just like you and me. But what's really cool is that even though Jesus is on this mission, and the primary mission that he is on is to take away our sins, he does not go about this alone. And that he calls disciples for the very purpose that we'll eventually see of teaching them what the kingdom of heaven is all about. And so as he's calling these men, what's really cool to me, Miss Jen, is where he goes to call these disciples. Mm. It's interesting that he doesn't go to the synagogue. Right. It doesn't, he doesn't go to where you would think someone would go. According to human wisdom, right. you would think that if you're going to start this most important mission, mm -hmm. if you're going to start this task, you would get the best and the brightest in the particular field that you're going to set out on. Right. But the Lord doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he goes that. and it's the way God works, guys. His wisdom is completely different from ours and it's for one overarching purpose and reason. It's so that he gets the glory. He doesn't go to someone, and it, Paul talks about this later in the New Testament, not many wise, not many noble are chosen, but he, gets, he chooses the simple things of this world to confound the wise, and in that vein, and by that reasoning, he goes to just everyday, ordinary people. 
And right off the bat, that should be encouraging to us. Yes. Because I'm ordinary. Mm -hmm. I'm average. And the Lord loves me. And he, cho he chose me to be his son. And he chose you to be his daughter. What's really wonderful that is that, and one of the things that gives the Bible such credence is that we're going to see so many faults in Peter. The, Bible, the Bible's characters are not perfect. Goodness, David, even Abraham. When, that Abraham, when Abraham and Sarah had gone down to Egypt, Abraham panicked. And he said, you know what? Tell Pharaoh that you're my half-sister. And he was the man of faith. As we get into this, it should encourage us, guys, that no matter how weak we are, God chooses us and uses us in spite of our weaknesses and to bring him glory. But let's just go back through real quick and look at the section that Miss Jen read. One cool thing uh, just at the outset is that we're going to look at the two main characters for today. Uh, even though this is talking about the, calling the first disciples, Peter's going to be the main character in the first section. Matthew's going to be the, the main character in the, uh, the second. Peter uh, and Matthew also had different names that are interchangeably used that you'll see throughout Scripture. One thing about Peter's name, and Miss Jen's going to talk about Matthew here in just a little bit, Peter's original name was Simon, but Jesus called him Cephas, and he did that in John chapter 1, which is an Aramaic word that translates to Peter. As a result, Peter is also referred to as Simon, Simon Peter, and Cephas. So anytime you see that in the Bible, guys, it's talking about the same person. Right. Um, but here, he is going to be called Simon, but this is Peter. In verse 3, so they got in a boat, and they pushed away from the land, and he sat down, and the Lord began to teach people from the boat. One cool thing is that, one difference is that today in our culture, when people teach, they usually stand up. Miss mm -hmm. Jen, and during this time, it was the opposite. Mm -hmm. it, when you look at Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes, it says that he went up on the mount, and he sat down, and he began to teach them. So sitting down was a position of authority, and and uh, that's what the Lord did. He, he sat down in a boat and began to teach them. In verse 4, it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, or, or to Peter, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, Miss Jen, I am not a fisherman, and no one knows this better than you. Uh, mainly because we've never gone fishing. I'd like to fish, though. I think it would be really relaxing. Recently, we've, gone for, we've been going for family walks, guys, and it's been great. It just the just kind of slowing down, kind of enjoying God's creation. But one thing that I do know is that fishing is a very relaxing endeavor. I'd love to learn how to fly fish. That would be like cool. in a mountain stream with the yep. waders on, and that would be super fun. I think that would be a very relaxing. That would be really neat. But you wouldn't be sitting down. I'd, no, I wouldn't be sitting down. I like would be standing. Up. I'd like to do the kind of fishing that that would involve sitting. Yeah. And and uh, I love it. That's so great just enjoying uh, maybe a lack of activity but from what I've heard <laughs> from what I've heard uh, fishing is a very relaxing it can be activity if you're doing it recreationally yes but that's not what Simon and that's uh, that's not what yeah, he's doing this was his job this was his job this was his livelihood so if you're if you've been fishing and you have not caught anything um, to take advice from someone who was not a fisherman by trade which was Jesus you would think that that would be a little frustrating. And indeed, Jesus, and it almost seems silly, he says, put it into the deep water and then let it down your nets. And in verse 5, like you read, 
Simon said, Master. He's, there's no disrespect here, but he's just like, Master. We worked hard all night, and they caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. So they had been fishing all night. They hadn't caught anything. And then a seemingly, from an, from an onlooker perspective, especially to someone who knows fishing, a silly admonition. Mm -hmm. uh, why don't you go in a different part of the water? Well, the fish are everywhere, <laughs> right? And in, especially when he says into the deep water, you would think that the fish that you would catch would be toward the top. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the Lord told him to do that. But he said, as you say, I will, I'm, I'm going to do that and I'm going to go let down the nets. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure what the sequence is here because it's really interesting how Jesus is teaching the crowds from the boat. So are they fishing while he's teaching and they're not catching anything? So are they continuing to kind of do their trade while he's teaching? Or is that after he's done teaching they were fishing and stayed yeah, yeah. out all night long? It's just interesting because it shifts from... He's teaching into all of a sudden they haven't caught anything all night. So I'm just wondering, like, how does that all, what does that look, really look like? It's that's, interesting. That's a great question. I mean, think about it. If you had a bunch of people at the beach and you wanted to teach to them, it would be hard to maybe stand in one location if you weren't able to elevate yourself and have mm -hmm. everybody see you. Sure. So what probably happened here is he went out in a boat and went just off of the shore mm -hmm. to where as many people as, as possible who were standing on the edge could look at him just for the purpose of teaching right so he's out he's in his boat he does the teaching that he's going to do and then he stops mm -hmm. and that's the way that the text had said he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat but when he had finished that's when he kind of looks i see now jesus yeah. jesus <laughs> jesus knew that peter had been out in the boat all night and hadn't caught anything yeah so that yeah that's a great point like he went out just offshore where he was teaching I see. That stopped, but he's in the boat, yeah. and then he takes that opportunity, being in the boat, to yeah. say, "You know what, boy?" He kind of looks around. He ain't got any fish You're in empty, here. Peter. <laughs> Peter's like, "Yeah, Lord, we were out all night. Thanks for reminding me, yeah. and we have nothing." So, the cool thing is, he tells him to go out and do this, and Peter says, "Okay, we will." And then, like you said in verse six, when they had done this, when he went out and did this, they enclosed or they trapped is the word a great quantity of fish, so many that their nets began to break. They caught a ton of fish. So much, so much that they had to, in verse 7, signal to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they began, or then they came and filled both of the boats so much that the boats began to sink. And so what is super cool is that the Lord redirected fish yeah and nobody knew this or nobody would have been a, aware as quickly as Peter of how insane this was remember Peter was a fisherman by his job he was a fisherman by trade he knew very familiar exactly very familiar. he would have been familiar with these waters and he would have been thunderstruck in the sense of oh my mm -hmm. goodness and that's exactly what you see, he said, when Peter, Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. This is incredibly interesting, this Jen, because first of all, let's remember the economic factor. This was a big catch mm -hmm. for Peter and for his friends. 
you would think that maybe an immediate response would have been like running around. Thank you so much. Giving this high, is awesome. They're giving high fives. They're giving fist bumps. He went up. He might have been a bigger guy and knocked John in the water because he, you know, as a chest bump. But they don't care because they just caught a whole bunch of fish. What's incredible is that you don't see any of that. You see immediate fear because of one reason. Instead of being incredibly excited about the catch, his eyes immediately go off of the catch and look, and he, he looks at this man who looks just like him, and there's just something where his body is just frozen. What is, who is this? He probably heard of Jesus up up to this point, yeah. and we know that even that we know that even all of the disciples don't fully understand Jesus's uh, person and who he is until after the resurrection. So there's a sense in which even as they're hanging out with him throughout the ministry, they're getting a better and better grasp by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit to understand who Jesus is. But one of these first, and we were talking about it a little a little bit ago. This is very similar to when they would have been in Mark 4, I believe, on the boat with Jesus when the storm comes up. And this is the elements, this is the weather. And he stands up and just goes, shh. And instead of, once again, high-fiving each other and being thrilled that the storm had stopped, you just have to, in like a dramatic way, as maybe the Lord's at the end of the boat, all heads just like turn to him and they are like, because that's what it says, who is this guy that even, in paraphrasing, even the weather obeys what he says? Well, this is kind of like it for Peter with this instance at the very beginning. Because <coughs> instead of being excited about the catch, look what he says. He tells, he says, Lord, get away from me because I'm, I'm a sinful man. Now, that's very, very important to stop at and park at for maybe just one minute. This is a key point, guys, about the Bible and about reality and kind of even connected to what we were talking about last week. When we see God for who he is and we begin to understand who he is as he's revealed himself in the Bible, then the natural repercussion of that is we begin to see ourselves for who we are in a clearer understanding. In other words, we, when we see God and how he's holy and he's perfect and he's righteous and he's without sin, you and I are the opposite. Opposite. We are anything but that. And so Isaiah 6, Lord, Isaiah saw himself as a sinful man when he, when he saw God and his righteousness in the throne room. And even here, he understood. And you know why, Miss Jen? Not all, it's, not, it's not just because he saw a miracle happen. It's not just because he saw Jesus in the flesh do something incredible. I would say that it's something that was connected in his mind to his understanding of some Old Testament passages that he understood only one person controls creation. Only one person controls the animals, the weather, and all of that. Mm -hmm. Listen to these verses. I, I, I can't help but think some of these would have maybe come to his mind. In Job 12, 7 through 10, it says, But ask the animals, and they will teach you. Or the birds in the sky, and they will tell you. 
or speak to the earth and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature in the breath of all mankind. And just one and just another one. Psalm 104, 24, and 25 says, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. So, Miss Jen, I'm convinced that when he sees Jesus command and exercise authority to creatures in a supernatural way, well, maybe it's maybe one of the first instances, maybe this Jesus is someone different. It has to be. There's the, the Old Testament is full of scripture that God has, is the creator of all of his animals and controls them. And that's exactly, once again, like you said, Peter knew this, this, uh, this body of water. He knew where to fish in what times of day. You normally go fishing in the early, in the early morning. I know that. Yeah. So when Jesus exercises authority over animals in creation and also the spirit impresses on his heart who Jesus is in an introductory way, it makes a tremendous impact on him. And in verse 9 it says, For amazement has seized him. He was arrested by it, and all his companions, not just him, because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And then verse 10, like you said, and also, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on you will be catching men. Jesus knew exactly what was in their hearts. He knew what was in their minds. He could see maybe the blank stare on their faces. He could see their spirits. Don't be afraid, which is exactly what you see in Scripture when someone sees God in a supernatural way or an angel or they're shown a wonderful spiritual reality that they weren't before. And then in verse 11, it just says, When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. As we finish out this section very quickly, we're going to see this with Matthew. But guys, this is, this is something that characterizes even today what it means to follow Jesus. We talked about this when we were talking about the importance of repentance, that what it means to repent is to turn from what you were doing and turn all the way around 180 degrees and start going in a totally different direction. We know that that only happens by the Spirit's power. God opens my heart so that I can repent of my sin, I can turn from it, and in faith walk toward Him and confess Jesus as Lord. But part of that, and I think, Miss Jen, this is so cool because this is a physical example of the gospel, that they left everything and followed him. In Luke chapter 9, I believe, Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. If we follow him, we must be willing to leave everything and to follow him. Yeah, I think it's really neat. Just one is the obedience of Peter in this passage, right? He didn't argue with the Lord, which I think that's something for us to really take note of with our own hearts is that we can sometimes argue when we're asked to do something that doesn't make sense, right? Just thinking about that reaction from him, the obedience that he gave the Lord and honored what he asked him to do. And sometimes in our life, 
we're asked to do things that don't really make sense, right? Mm -hmm. Even some people believe that about the quarantine right now. It doesn't yeah. really make sense. Why are we doing this? And we're being obedient because one, the Lord has asked us to be obedient to our government. Um, and I think it's really important that that, that is there. I, I really love, uh, I really love that. So thanks for, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Absolutely, just one quick thing before we move on. I think it also, like you were saying, he did it, but it shows humility. Yes. Like the Lord, the Lord can often ask us to do All things, the way and yeah. they can seem silly. But also, it's so important that we reject that those prideful tendencies yeah. and um, just boastful oh, thoughts yeah. that come into my uh, into our mind and heart. I can't. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. It's amazing because it, it's amazing how often when you take the form of a servant like the Lord Jesus did in Philippians 2 and you humble yourself the Lord will use you in a mighty way yeah absolutely all right we're gonna go into um, verses 27 through 32 and I'm gonna open reading that so uh, flip over just a page or so and we're gonna go 27 through 32 after this Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office and he said to him, Follow me. So leaving everything behind, he got up and began to follow him. Then Levi hosted a grand banquet for him at his house. Now there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others who were guests with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus replied to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a doctor but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So we're going to jump into this um, and, and look at this passage. So um, one, I, I know it's always talked about, about Matthew being a tax collector, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that he goes to, I mean, they were really unliked people, right? The tax collector was like, the worst. They were, you know, always haggling people for their money and getting the most, and they weren't always upright people. They might have been, you know, kind of putting some aside, and they they just weren't looked upon very favored. They were hated. Yeah. <laughs> they were hated by their own people too, because Levi was a Hebrew, Matthew was a Hebrew, so it would be just like your guy in the position that he would eventually mess you over, mm -hmm. like. You would think that he wouldn't mess his own people up, but that's why he was kind of in that middle ground. Like he wasn't a Roman, but he and he wasn't a Greek, but he he also was hated by his own yeah. people. So you're absolutely right. And and he was benefiting off of his own people, his own people, yes. and, and and taking that to the highest yep. bidder. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a second before we jump into a, a little bit farther about Matthew and Levi, because you talked a little bit about Simon Peter mm -hmm. and the different names there. Um, so, uh, it's, why is it that there's both, right? Matthew and Levi. Uh, so both are true. His name is Matthew and Levi. Matthew is a Greek name and Levi is actually a Hebrew name. Um, so I think that's really neat. Um, he was usually worked for Greek speaking Romans, mm -hmm. um, as a tax collector, which would have called him Matthew. Um, and then Hebrew for the speaking Jews, they would have been calling him Levi. So um, that is why that's that's that is different. 
And I think that's interesting um, for us to note here. So, um, so Jesus walks up to Levi sitting at the tax collector uh, office there. Uh, this would be like you sitting at your desk doing your schoolwork and your mom walks up to you and says, hey, come with me, right? That's what he's yep. saying. He says, hey, follow me. Um, one, it's interesting that he got up and followed him. Uh, that he he went after him, he went with him. And just like we talked about with Peter, it states here in verse 28, so leaving everything behind, he got up and began to follow him. Um, so I think that's really neat too is, you know, there's not a, a major transition here like there was with Peter with a, a massive catching of the fish and, yeah. and this kind of this, big event happening where his eyes are opened and he's like oh my goodness this is the Lord mm -hmm. this is Matthew sitting Jesus comes up to him and says hey follow me and there's this there's this moment something yep. happens here where he gets up and he leaves everything and he goes to follow him um, and something happens between 28 and 29 right I can only imagine what that conversation must have been on that walk and Levi now wants to um, host a party for him, right? Mm -hmm. He's having a party. He's asked him to come in. Uh, he's having him into his home. And there's all these people. And even more so, there's a whole bunch of more tax collectors, yeah. right? Terrible people that people all hate. They're all hanging out together, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and so they're all hanging out. And other guests are there. Um, and I love how it transitions there into verse 30, right? There's always a group, guys. There's always a group on the outset that's gonna criticize, right? Doesn't matter what we do, good or bad, um, there's always somebody who's gonna kind of criticize that. But here, yep. this is the Pharisees and their scribes uh, were complaining to his disciples, not to Jesus, right? So the disciples are on the outskirts, the Pharisee and scribes are on the outskirts. They're watching the party happen. They know who's there and they're congregating together. And the scribes and the Pharisees are saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? In other words, aren't you better than them? Mm -hmm. Come on, elevate yourself a little bit, right? I mean, you don't hang out with, you don't hang out with a whole bunch of, you know, bottom of the barrel type people, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they would be thinking. Yep. Uh, as if there's a difference in status of people, right? And there's not. There's, you know, it makes me think of there's different um, levels of, of, you know, if you look over at India and other places like that, there's different levels. Like a caste system. Thank you. I yep. was trying to find that word. A caste system. And, and here, the Pharisees and the scribes are saying, we're better than them, right? Yeah. We're We've got our stuff together. We're being obedient. We're following the law. We're doing these things. We're good. We're good people. And so they're saying, well, why do you, why are you associating yourself with them? And um, Jesus's reply here is, it's not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance, right? Yep. And, and I, I love this because he definitely is meeting Matthew where he is, right? Mm -hmm. I, I love the stories um, where the Lord comes and opens someone's eyes when they are at rock bottom, right? They, yep. It can't get any worse. It's, it's 
you know, there's nowhere else to turn. And their eyes are open and they see their need for a savior and their love changes, right? And they're captivated by his sacrifice. And somebody shares that gospel with them and their eyes are open and their life turns, just like we were talking about, turns 180 and they start following mm -hmm. another way. Um, and I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where we are in our lives, right? Peter's working. He's not doing anything like really wrong, right? And I think sometimes we, we do that. We kind of do this comparison of, oh, well, well, their life has had a lot of, you know, ups and downs or struggles or different things. And, you know, the Lord must love them more because he had to forgive them of more or he had to walk with them through more where maybe somebody else who's made better choices and hasn't had as many trials or sufferings or struggles um, that it's it's different right and I, I love that this just takes it all away it's not about your uh, ethnicity it's not about um, your um, status right your uh, rich your poor um, it doesn't matter who we are uh, it matters whose we are mm -hmm. and I think that's just um, the most important thing that um, we're able to come and see that here and so I think that's really neat yep one one good thing I've heard about this passage before because you're absolutely right the the Pharisees and the tax collectors were afraid that Jesus going in there would defile them because there were would defile him and would defile the disciples but what's wonderful is that instead of Jesus being defiled by being in the presence of sinners, I've heard it said that the sinners were made clean by Jesus' presence. So Jesus wasn't tainted. He would infuse his cleanness into whoever's presence he went in. Mm. But you're right. And it was only because, and one quick, oh, one quick thing to see is Jesus' quick retort to, and almost sarcasm in mm. a sense, because verse 31 and it is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. See, the, the Pharisees didn't see themselves as sick. Right, right. And when he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Well, we know in Romans that it says that there's none righteous, no, not one. Mm -hmm. We all are sinners. Mm -hmm. So the most wonderful place you can be in, in your existence, is to see yourself as a sinner and in need of repentance. But wonderful job, Miss Jen. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's great. And so, guys, those are just two examples of when the Lord was calling his initial disciples. And one, one thought about Matthew, when you're, if you were despised by a whole group of people and someone came up to you, especially someone as famous as Jesus, and right. showed you kindness, I think Matthew, Matthew was thunderstruck just in a different way. Yeah, that's a Where, good point. Whereas Peter was like, oh my goodness, look what he did. The Lord showed him such small, a seemingly small act of, act of kindness. kindness and love, mm -hmm. and, which is an example to us that made such a huge difference and the spirit wrought in Matthew's heart to follow Jesus and he followed him that way. That's such a good point. I really love that. I, th I think we, we all have the ability, right, to, to be that. I love that saying. It says throw confetti, throw kindness. Wow, I can't. That's okay. <laughs> throw kindness like confetti, mm -hmm. right? And we all have that ability. Uh, you know, I think, I think there's so many different ways that we can share Christ's love with others and guys more than anything look at those who are on the outside look at those who are not a part of the in crowd yep. that are a part of the group and how can we love them better how can we pull them in and, and connect with them um, 
Yeah, in, Christi and, and love them. in Christianity, there really should be no cliques right. or hanging with the cool crowd because yeah. the Lord calls us to love all. And for the person who's on the outside, who just by nature might be a little bit rougher around the edges, mm -hmm. if you have a little bit better sense of awareness, it is your job and your mandate and your duty to go love them and to have no fences. Yeah. So I think a practical way to finish would be there. But guys, we're going to ask three questions in conclusion, all grouped together. Yeah instead of breaking them apart per section and these have been at the end at the back of our uh, of our lesson and we're going to start going with them but it has has to do with the three h's and since we're huddlestons i like the h's um <laughs> the, the head the heart and the hands and so there's going to be one question with each and obviously when we say that one question that engages your mind one that engages your heart about how you emotionally work through this uh, lesson and then the hands part is probably one of the uh, most important because it has to do with how I can show and how I can implement what we just talked about in, 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 throughout, in and throughout my own life. So Miss Jen's going to read the question that we have from each. And this, these will be the questions that we send out to you in the yep. email. Yep, I'll send that out for everybody. So the first one is the head. Uh, why is it both comforting and empowering for believers to know and understand that God calls ordinary people to proclaim his extraordinary one. gospel. So why is it comforting and empowering for us to know and understand God calls ordinary people to proclaim his extraordinary gospel? I love that. That's for the head. The next one is, is more for our heart. So some inward thinking here, guys. When it comes to trusting in God or relying upon our own intuitions or experience, which one should we choose and why? Right? So trusting and relying on God uh, versus our own intuition and experiences. Which one should we choose and why? And, why? and I think that one's going to be a really good conversation yep. because I think we are so much more prone to want to talk about our own experience. I know I do. I struggle with that. Um, I love the story of me. I, I love the story <laughs> of me. Um, that's so good. That's such a good way to put it. So I think, you know, relying and trusting God, how, how can we uh, look at that and which one should we be choosing? The next one is hands. Uh, what are some challenges we face in sharing Jesus's message with others, right? I think it's been interesting. I'm really looking forward to this part of the conversation because I have heard more and more people be able to share how they're sharing the gospel right now, right? Because of the times that we're in mm -hmm. and because people are constantly being faced with the fact that death is around the corner. They're not mortal, right? They're not immortal. Yep. Um, that we, we have that right in our face all the time and the ability to talk about the gospel with people. So... Um, so what are some challenges we face in sharing Jesus's message with others? So that's really about our hands. Yep. So those are the three questions and I'm going to send those out, um, soon here via email. You'll get those and, uh, and we'll walk through that on Monday night at seven o'clock via our zoom, uh, the zoom number hasn't changed. So we're still, uh, on for that. And if y'all need anything, don't hesitate to text or call us. Uh, we're available. So. Excellent, guys. We love you, and we will see you Monday night. Bye.